Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we got David. Your local horror version. That is right. Also known as Nightly. Freddy's not here. Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay, Freddy. Get well soon. Uh, we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Now it's like, what they will. Okay. Sure is. My pleasure on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going with our There's No Planet B month. I feel like I have to say that so seriously. <laughs> There's no Planet B. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't. But, like, legit, this month is probably one of the most exciting months for us because it's the first time we're doing a charity Super excited for that. Um, just for everyone who do- doesn't know from the previous episodes, or if this is your first episode, we are doing a charity with SF Foundation or SF Writer Foundation, excuse me. Um, and we are trying to pledge five thousand dollars for the month. So we got the link in the show notes. Please check that out. Please donate to help save our planet because we don't have a planet B. But what we are discussing today for Aquatic Horror Month is 1989's Leviathan. First and foremost, David, thoughts? Um, I gotta say, I think this is what I think of when I think of our theme of aquatic horror, right? I think about I mean, being... Yeah, how aquatic can we get? Exactly. You're, <laughs> we're talking sea monsters, we're talking being, we're speaking about being stuck underwater yeah. uh, and the pressure's on, right? One thing I really... Yeah, you got that. Thank you. I'm glad. One thing that I really appreciate about this film is the monster design. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So the it's reason. It's like Alien meets the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. You, you already like jumped to one of the points I was going to make up. Sorry. I think, <laughs> no, and I, I feel like this is a, a, a easy one to go to, but this is very much as um, feels like underwater alien, right? Yeah, um, definitely. And I'm sure that's an easy thought to come by. But um, what I really appreciate with the monster design is it looks very aquatic in the different forms that you see it. Yeah. Um, early on, when you see smaller versions of the monster and it evolving, um, and kind of seeing the innards, I it's going to sound so random, but I I thought of oysters. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, but because of that feeling, it felt like it could truly be uh, an, an actual aqu- aquatic monster. Exactly. Oh. Um, I think this film does a pretty good job of keeping you engaged, even though it it's pretty easy to see what is. Um, lying ahead yeah. with the plot. Yeah. Um, and I actually think this cast does a pretty good job in acting. Um, I agree. And especially for like 1989, because I like to give, you know, our 80s films a hard time sometimes. But I think it does a really good job. I don't like Peter Weller's performance all that much. Sure. Um, he seems a little stale, like kind of robotic. Yeah. And uh, it kind of felt like, like, because this, for everyone who, for context, this was both of our first watch. This That's is right, the first yeah. time or the second time on this podcast that I 
haven't seen the movie prior. Yeah. Um, I've exciting. heard many of things about this film and I've wanted to definitely check it out eventually. So I'm glad I finally had to, but I thought he was a robot. And I was just like, oh, is this dude an android? Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I, I just feel like he wasn't on the same caliber as the rest of the cast. The, the majority of the cast did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I... As I was watching this film, I was really excited to see if it would not fall victim into falling into typical horror tropes. Um, and it did. It did. Uh, <laughs> I had it high did. hopes, uh, you know, um, and we'll speak on that. I'm sure we will. Yes, we will. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> but overall, you know, I, I, I think this is worth watching. I agree. I enjoyed this movie to its extent. Um, definitely had my gripes with the ending of Me this too. film. Me too. And I, I, but besides that though, I really did enjoy a majority of this movie. And yeah. and like I, the I thought the creature design was absolutely fantastic. It was really cool to see Ernie Hudson, Daniel Stern, like mm-hmm. right before Home Alone. Yeah, and that was really cool. So it, it was just really really nice to um, kind of see all of that. I guess all of those particular actors in kind of one sector and it was just, it was just nice. It was just really, really nice. But I, I, I did enjoy this movie. I did very much enjoy this movie. It was just that ending for me. was just like, they didn't meh. have to go there. It no. could have ended on such a stronger note. Oh, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. And I would think that, fantastic. I think that, that took a lot away from the film for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, like I, I don't want that to go past like the primary aspects of this film were absolutely fantastic to yeah, me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought the creature design was fantastic. I thought the uh, the gore was was definitely enough um, for this particular film as well. And the the just I thought it was creative too, like the morphing of the body and then stuff like that, and, and how the mind of the creature is attached to the mind of its host and mm-hmm. therefore it thinks about its last location. And I was like, this is fucking genius. This is so good. And I love the callbacks behind all of that. So I, I really enjoy that aspect of this film. But but primarily, I, I, I do think that this is a good movie and I do think people should check it out. But that ending, oof. Yeah, oof. 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 That ending. That ending is just not not good yeah that was just not a good ending and then it could have destroyed the whole movie if i didn't understand what i was kind of getting myself into begin with i feel like yeah you uh you actually laid the foundation for me very well because earlier in the week um you were watching the film and i hadn't watched it yet and you had sent a text saying wow leviathan is very 80s. Yeah. And I was like, say no more. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yes. 100%. It is super 80s. But at the same time, like, I, I do feel like it followed very much of a hybrid of Alien meets the thing. And totally. I, I thought that was just super well done. Yeah. Like the hand, the hand yeah. turning into the mouth. And yep. I was like, that's fucking cool. I totally, <laughs> yeah. I totally thought about the thing when we were, when we were seeing the monster. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, totally on point. I agree. I definitely agree. But let's go ahead and jump into the Pliz Niznot. Leviathan, directed by George P. Cosmatos. I love that name. It's a good name. I love that name. This is the father of uh, Panos Cosmatos, who made a movie called Mandy. And uh, I think Under the Black Rainbow, which is a fucking great name for a movie or a band or anything. Just <laughs> Under the Black Rainbow. That's, that's, that's so fucking dope. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love pause, pause, 
oh my gosh, I just said his name, Panos Cosmatos, um, a lot. And that was really cool to see his father's work. So I thought this was really fun to see. Uh, released March 17th of 1989 in a runtime of one hour and 43 minutes with a budget of $25 million and a box office of $15 million. Whoa. I know. That's an expensive film. That was, that was very expensive. Very yeah. expensive. I mean, it looked like it though. Yeah, you know, this I film didn't say, look cheap. It, it it doesn't look all too bad today compared to more movies or other movies from its era. Right. Um, it's definitely high budget. This was definitely high budget. Yeah. Definitely high budget. I, I feel like the only thing that was like cheesy from this budget were the explosions. Yeah, definitely. And um, the crumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it was even, like a tin can. Yeah. Even the. <laughs> like the computer systems they have don't look all too bad yeah in today's standards i agree like it's, I, it's stylistic i do like how they were kind of talking to the computer like you, they would just ask it a question yeah. and it would give it an answer and i was like fuck google before google this is yeah. great but i think there you very much see the alien inspiration right oh totally yeah oh yeah yeah you definitely see that for sure and it, it's crazy because it's 10 years later yeah so it's, it's pretty cool to see that kind of come full circle mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that um and this actually got me a rating of 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I've seen other films get higher scores. That are way worse than this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this did not, in no means or anything, did not deserve that score, I in my agree. opinion. Yeah. Like, I, I think that is way too low. Like, when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God. It's like, do I want to watch this right now? And, that's, and one thing about me, I don't like scores to detour me. Same. So I, I just like ignore them and take them with a grain of salt. And I had so much fun with this movie. I yeah, thought this movie too. was an absolute blast. I wonder if it's a result of the year and I wonder if it's because they use the practical effects and at that moment, maybe <sighs> people are looking more towards wanting to see uh, special effects. Maybe. I, I I don't know. You know, that that's really interesting because during this time, because what we were on gosh we were going towards like episode six of star wars right or like episode six of star wars just came out or whatever or whatever the i don't know the exact year yeah whatever the years are but like i mean at that time you are getting a lot of sci-fi films and like star trek starting to come out and all this other stuff too so i feel like i feel like you might be right on that I, i feel like a lot of special effects were probably happening at this time um which was Obviously, the poorest of poorest moves to do within <laughs> cinema, in my opinion, is going more towards CG graphics, but it's cheaper. Yeah, and so, easier. And easier, yeah. right. Yeah, because, you know, and I feel bad for a lot of people who probably lost their jobs who loved doing this stuff. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that the horror genre is, is it still has a nice little soft spot for it to the point where it's just like, yeah, let's bring this back for this movie or something like that. But it. It, it is one of those things where with practical effects, if you miss the shot, like that's it. Yeah. Like you're fucking done. Like, like, like you just, you're not going to rewrap that practical effect again. You do not have the money. Like or, it's so not all happening. that budget went to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, we open with the title card as rings of water surfaces the ocean transition to a scene card quote Atlantic Ocean 16,000 feet deep the scene illuminates a rig with people from the shri oceanic i think i said that right shri was it try i think it was try try oceanic yeah i I don't know why it maybe it might have corrected it um the try oceanic uh mining corporation in uh suits mining text below says a mission extraction of silver and other precious metals remember everybody there is no planet b leave the metals right where they are we don't need that shit 
We don't need it. The planet does. The planet does. Hack the planet! Classification of, of mission extremely hazardous. The group is hard at work extracting silver and other metals. They complete their extraction. We cut to the seventh mining shack of, of um, habitat and operations going on day 87 of 90. Can you imagine being there that long? I cannot. I, don't I would think I, fucking hate that. I don't think I would even sign up, honestly, because... I, w- I, was, I would rather be poor. Like, <laughs> I don't think I would do it. It's For me, it's just... Plus, I hate the ocean. Y'all know that. (laughs) As we've learned this month. Yes. Um, But the idea of feeling trapped for, you know, a while, I just said that. I was going to say trapped in one place for the last three months, but we've been in a pandemic for one year where I've been home for one year. That's fair. Uh, But I think there's something different about not seeing daylight for so long. Yeah. You know, not seeing daylight like you're fucking, I feel like everything's just off. Like, I, I just feel like I would be completely off and it's just, it's probably eerily, like, I don't know, probably some eerie sounds you hear, like, from the, the swishing of the water when you're trying to the sleep. The creaking of the pipes. Yeah. It's just like, that sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. Like, I, it's giving me claustrophobia just thinking about it. I think that's the best word, claustrophobia. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's just, it's just, ugh. We cut to Stephen Beck asking for his team to tell him who is hooked on 22. Six Pack rudely tells Jones that Beck is talking to him. Jones tells Beck that he isn't, uh, he isn't the hook. Willie chimes in, um, letting him know that she is, she is the hook. Six Pack rushes her. She insults him back and starts drilling, calling for the winch. Beck turns on the winch. Um, and calls them back inside so they uh, can get... Ah, I messed all of that up. Beck turns on the winch and calls them back inside so they can uh, start getting ready to go home. They start walking back, six-pack, grabbing a spider-like creature from the mining train. And that creature looked great. Yeah. Like, it looked great. Until it was, like, on the ship and it, like, like, scurries away. It was like... (laughs) I think there was a point that I wanted to bring up... um, earlier that I totally had forgotten about, but because we're being introduced to this creature, I think it's a good time. Um, I think what's so fascinating about aquatic horror, right, is there's so much of the ocean that's undiscovered. Yeah, that it, this shit could be real. Yeah, and who knows how much gnarlier sea creatures get the deeper you go, right? I mean, you know, I, I always think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It keeps me in the right state of mind to never go in. But, uh, <laughs> but like, if you think about an octopus, for example, and how yeah. they can camouflage, like, with ease and, and immediately. That's insane. Like, what? Like, it takes a chameleon a little bit of some time, and it's literally in its name. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, look at the size comparison, right? Right. But I think seeing this little spider-like sea creature... Very much, even today, yeah, in twenty twenty one, looks like an actual sea creature. Especially when we're seeing it through um, the perspective of everyone being in their suits in the ocean, right? Right. So, I think that goes back to creature design for this film for me, where um, it looks really top notch. It does. That looks like an actual creature that I would not be aware of that lives deep down the sea. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it it, it feels like it just feels like. The, the the way like the darkness was and things like that for the film itself definitely helped. Mm-hmm. I feel like as well with that with this uh, to illuminate this creature. It's yeah. a, a weird way to put it, but it, it, I feel like it definitely helped. Yeah, with the the lack of like lighting because you are deep down in the ocean, it make it made things look more realistic or like right. you know the environment look more realistic. Right, it's to its aid. 
Right. Meanwhile, Beck is finishing up this finishing up inside the station, reading a note on the on a JVC. Quote, the doc is out, end quote. He sighs, speaking into the intercom, sharing their hard work to um to the doc. The crew is waltzing back as Jones is singing. De Jesus begins breathing heavily, crying for help. He screams that his uh, rebreathers stopped and he is losing compression fucking terrifying beck tells him that he can't get an accurate read out of out of his panicking and it's interesting because like beck sounds like oddly too calm yeah it's just like and even when he's calling the doc like it's just he he just seems way too calm to me it was very nonchalant i wanted more urgency because it really felt like this character did not care Right, the rest of the crew. Yeah, and that's why I thought it was a fucking android. <laughs> exactly, and I think that just goes back to the acting, right? Right. But you know what's uh, interesting about this this moment? Um, I had not realized that um, it was not De Jesus that grabbed the spider-like creature. Yeah, it was six-pack. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to figure that out a little later on, or a little uh, uh, right when, when the that. moment happened. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had assumed that you know De Jesus may have been the one, and it had somehow crawled in its suit and it's feeding off oxygen. Yeah. And I thought that that's what was happening. But I think this moment is there to really emphasize on what imploding is and losing oxygen to kind of set it up for something grander later. Right. And I think um, I think films can benefit from, from doing this, you know, introducing a mechanic early on yeah. to show you the the weight and the grasp of it and kind of teach you what this means to... Uh, have you understand the doom that could loom later on? Right. Absolutely. That's honestly, I couldn't say the better myself. <laughs> he instructs him to calm his breathing, then starts calling for the doc, but he is nowhere to be found. Six pack claims that De Jesus is going to blow, but Beck tries to reassure them um, that he isn't. <laughs> Fucking Six pack is an asshole. Yeah. Oh, I hated him. He tries checking his oxygen levels and everyone around De Jesus is rushing around him. Jones commands Beck to hook him to the to his trance pack. Beck tells him not to do that because they are risking an implosion in probability. He calls out to the dock again, then commands the team to bring De Jesus to the shack. They claim that it isn't enough time. De Jesus is starting to pass out, thinking that he is going to die. They are moving towards the shack, trying to move as fast as they can um, as he reaches critical readings um oh just lost my, my spot there dang it <laughs> uh give me give me one second let me find that spot and i found it beck calls the lift lock de jesus emerging out of the pressurized water beck rushes over to de jesus's suit knocking on the window to bring him back to consciousness and that start was so intense it was goddamn like, I love how much pressure was on that character in that moment. It was so intense. It was. It was uh, anxiety feeling as well. Um, and I think that is it's a good way to get you engaged early on because I think, I don't know why, but for some reason when I think of like aquatic stories or sea stories, they always seem to start off very slow to me because exactly. there's not really a lot to to see or there's a lot to go on because you know we're talking about the ocean here so yeah um like sweetheart for example like that started very slow Mm -hmm. and then it started ramping up because it feels like you don't have a lot to work with right Um, but yeah great job getting us engaged very quickly i agree you want to know what happened is he okay you know and uh right it's the character is fine and at that point you're already 
hooked in, ready for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. Cut to six packs, erasing how many days they have left uh, by using his spit and grabbing a Pepsi can. Uh, the group starts arguing about Doc not being present while Dehazus's suit was malfunctioning. Bowman interrupts them to comment about the stock market's milestone. Sixpack um, burps, bringing the attention back on Dehazus and his suit almost being blown, claiming that he witnessed it in the, in the Indian Ocean, then explaining what happens. Crushing, uh, crushing, um, excuse me, crushing his can in front of DeJesus's face. DeJesus tells, uh, tells him that he knows about implosion and not take, not taking another insult from six pack. Um, and he jumps on him and I was like, yeah, bro, beat his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Beat his ass. (laughs) He didn't, but it's okay. Um, Beck calls uh, for them to break it up and that they had a close call, reminding them that the doc um, is his responsibility. He is about to start trimming his beard, not believing his own words. He starts uh, reading a book, but his attention is turned by something clanking around in the pipes of the facility. Back with the rest of the group, Bowman complaining about the place falling apart only three days left of their mission. They all start discussing what they would uh, be doing if they weren't working underneath the ocean. Cobb goes over horrendous scenarios if they were back home. Home. While they are chatting, Beck uh, comes into the room. Beck checks in on DeJesus while grabbing a cup of coffee. He tells Beck that he's fine and that he hasn't seen the doc yet. Beck suggests that he better uh, let the doc um, take a look at him after dinner. The group murmurs about the doc not being available when they needed him most. I don't blame them. Where the fuck were you? Yeah. And we still never found out where he was. He was chilling. He was, yeah, he was playing golf. Beck tells them that uh, he will handle the dock. He then starts going over the shack maintenance hours and that all of them owe shack maintenance time anyway. Everyone is irritated with the recommendation, getting up and walking away from the table. Cobb tells Beck no way since they pulled a full shift and that is violation of their contract. They all applaud Cobb for sticking up to Beck. Beck comments that he understands, but they can either do it tonight or have the day off to- and have the day off tomorrow, or they can do it all tomorrow. I was like, mm, do it tonight. They all smile at the uh, um, at the idea of not having to work. Cops still not convinced, asking about their quota. Beck shares that they aren't um, they aren't that far off of their quota, and they all agree. And Beck starts going over the tasks. And I hate how Six Pack is just like constantly sexually harassing. Willie, this is fucking gross. I yeah. hate seeing his like mo's. He's like rubbing her back and shit. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's nasty. I, I think I think uh, longtime listeners are gonna know that you and I are very grossed out by that, and yeah, it's very much a product of its time. Um, and it's gross uh, to see today. It's uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you and I had a conversation yesterday about um, setting characters up. So it's easier to see something happen to them on on screen, right? Right. So it's setting Six Pack up to be a very unlikable character. Yeah. Um, so it's easier to cope when something does happen to them later in the film. Yeah. It definitely was easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the doc comes into the room, greeting everyone, joking about dinner. Beck asks if if he's going to be at work tomorrow. Doc continuing his jokes. Jones irritatedly shares that they almost had an accident with DeJesus's suit. Beck reminds Doc that medical staff need to uh, be present while the crew is out. He agrees, sitting down and start and to start eating his dinner. Jones thanks him for doing that um, before he leaves out of the room with the rest of the crew. I love Jones though. Jones was great. Hell yeah. Jones was awesome. Cut to the exterior of the ship or 
facility uh, back with the crew um, working on their tasks, checking on rattling pipes, suits, etc. Doc is um, is checking on De Jesus. Bowman and Sixpack are cleaning up a room. Sixpack making a gross comment about her breast. Uh, she sternly asks him, what did he say? And he slightly takes it back. Meanwhile, Jones and Cobb are checking on the radiator machine, Cobb mysteriously stopping the rattling. Jones asks him how did he do that, but he won't tell him, claiming that he needs job security. Fucking play. Yo, I I wonder, I mean, have you can you think of any films off the top of your head where they kind of use the bubblegum trick to fix like mechanically fix something? Yeah. Okay. Or like like put a card in it. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was wondering, I'm like, oh, is this one of the first films that did this? But probably not. Probably not. Okay. No, no, no. I don't think so. Um Cobb heads back but I love this particular moment because it comes back later. Yeah. It does. Uh, so I really, really like that. Cobb heads back up the ladder. Willie is working on this on the suit. Um Anne Hatch keeps opening up. She uh she doesn't understand why until a spider like creature jumps out at her that six pack put inside there. Fuck. Yeah. I thought this was the cause of everything. I did too. Yeah. I did too. I was like, oh shit, you fucked it all up. Yeah. Even though he still fucked it up. And that again, that feels very alien to me. Yeah. Like it's a nod. Yeah. Right? I, I I agree. Especially with the kind of with the creature design. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, she is startled and then stabs the creature. She uh, calls Six Pack on the radio, calling him a shit. He laughs and surprise back into the radio. Miss Martin, who looks absolutely fucking terrifying. Miss Martin, she looks so scary. I actually, and this is just Meg Foster in general. Like I, her I, eyes are piercing. Yeah, but I think it's so perfect for the role. It is, especially with the whole television. She's a wolf voice chat setup. It's it's, it's perfect. It, it is pretty damn flawless. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. but she got those those eyes are terrifying. Yeah, they just like pierce into your soul. Yeah, later on when you don't see it through the quality of the the screen. Right, and it, then when it goes on to her, yeah, I almost thought they were um, special effects. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like it, like it looks like in the mouth of madness, like yeah. how his eyes were in that film, and, yeah. and it's just her eyes are so piercing. And I had to look up pictures because I was like, I was like, Mac Foster has always had very intense stares anyway, but I I never really tripped off her eyes until now. Yeah, and I don't know why, because <laughs> like, especially with my whole a- attraction to eyes, and all of a sudden now I I picture this. I think it adds a lot to the 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 weight of power that she holds. Right, I agree with her entire demeanor, and not only, she not looks only like that, a boss. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, but communicating remotely like that. But you're right; it really invokes this character as being the one in charge, right, and has the final say. And, right. and I think, you know, her having those piercing eyes definitely helps. Uh, yeah, it has that impact. Miss Martin is speaking with Beck through a computer, asking about how much um, silver they are going to take out of the mine. She discusses that they are pleased that Beck turned the mining a- uh, around, calling him genius. He appreciates the compliment, but quietly whispers that he can't wait to get the fuck out of there. She doesn't hear what he says, him changing that he wants to get back to research and exploration diving. She tells him about Doc having a few incidents, but calls his credentials impressive. Beck doesn't care about any of that, wondering why Doc is even down there to to begin with martin tells him uh, martin tells him that a serum he developed killed several people calling it an accident she lets him know that if he's having any problems with doc to let her know he comments that um it isn't anything that he can't handle she acknowledges turning off the tv shortly afterwards cut to the gr- the group lounging around jones asking bowen about her stocks willie willie then asks how tri oceanic is doing and I, 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 this whole aspect, the politics, is what I truly find fascinating. 
Really? I really find the politics fascinating in this film. Sharing that she signed up for the stock option. Bowman sharing that she lost a ton of money because they lost the tank. Willie claiming that she takes her money too seriously. Um, and I think that's a great context clue to let us know like how we even go back to that where when Bowman says that she lost money because they lost a tank yeah. and how Willie thinks to check her stock to see if well we'll get to it their conversation is interrupted when the ship rings out with pipes that that begin to moan Uh, Bowman claiming that she isn't down she isn't down there for fun six pack comes into the room the group uh, whistling making fun of his sarcastically uh, making fun of him sarcastically making uh, or making fun of his appearance he goes over to Willie insincerely apologizing for scaring her with a critter earlier she plays along him grabbing a porno magazine underneath De Jesus and he just like Picks him up. He's just like, well, watch out. Give a fucking it's fuck. gross because he comes in in his boxers and a robe. He's like, he's like, I'm getting ready this for my evening. This dude sucks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. He leaves out of the room, slapping Cobb's butt with a, a rolled up uh, magazine as he goes out. Got the six pack lying in his bed, looking at his nude poster above. He feels he feels something underneath his pillow, and it is a dead spider like cre- uh, uh, creature. He screams and frantically gets out of his bunk, calling Willie a slur as he stumps his toe. He comes into the room, yelling at her for putting the critter in his bed. Back, sh- um, back, sh- excuse me, Beck, um, shouts for them to tell him what's going on. Six pack shouting that Willie put the creature in his bed. Beck puts them both on sea duty for tomorrow. They groan. Beck telling them to chill because it's just half day. Cut to six pack and Willie working outside the ship. Doc and Beck watching them, th- um, through the display as they drill, joke, and explode. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know why I put explode. What? Did, did something explode? I don't oh, know. the rock. That rock exploded. Oh, to get the silver. Yeah, I You're think right. I didn't complete that. I might have. I might have been writing this one pretty late. <laughs> uh, Willie shows a stone on camera. Beck asking for more light on the stone. She calls over Six Pack to provide more light, but he doesn't answer right away. His cable is stuck, and he slips, falling deeper below. Willie looks for him as the system alarms. Uh, be- excuse me. Beck and Beck are super hard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Willie looks for him as the system alarms back with Beck and Doc until they lose his signal to- altogether. As they are trying to get their signal back, calling calling to both Willie and Six Pack, they switch to alternate channels. They get access to Willie. They ask what's going on as she lets them know that Six Pack has gone over the South Ridge and that he's going after him, at, at, and she's going after him. Meanwhile, the other crew, the other crew members are lounging until Bowman runs into the room yelling that Six Pack is lost. They all spring into action to assist where they can. Willie is looking for him, walking through tube worms as the as the rest of the crew watches from the inside shack. These tube worms are gross. They look like penises. Six Pack calls into the shack, distor- uh, distorted. Bowman wondering why he doesn't get, have his blinkers on, and Jones sharing that wouldn't matter. Willie continues looking for him in the forest of tube worms. And spots a ship in the distance. Uh, she heads towards the sunken metal. A large aquatic creature carcass behind her as she continues moving towards the ship. Wow, that carcass! Yeah, like, and I, I expected us to see something similar to that, mm-hmm. and I feel like we kind of got that. But this morsel kind of looked like a dead well or shark or something. Yeah, but wow, 
That was great. Yeah. I just, I love that. That gave us a really cool context of like, there's death here. Mm -hmm. Like, don't go there. I think that's the most important part. Yeah. Oh, so good. Especially with it being in a region that is unexplored to them, especially with them being there for three months. Right. So it's... It's the beyond. It's the too far point, right? Yeah, absolutely. She inspects the ship exterior. The crew watch, uh, watching from inside. Doc classifying that being a Russian ship. Beck agreeing. Beck asks Willie to open open her lens more. She obliges. Doc translating it to Leviathan. What a great name for a ship, though. Beck asks for Bowman to run a check. Willie shares that she um, has 20 minutes left in her air supply. Beck sharing that they are going to give her five minutes. Then they're going in. Beck commands for Jones and cops to suit up to um, head out. They immediately do so as they are told. Willie starts heading inside, calling for six-pack. Meanwhile, Bowman is searching up results for the Leviathan, the status coming back as them being on active duty with Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Whoa. Like I said, the politics behind this movie fucking rule. Because yeah. we're dealing with cover-ups and shit now. It's just, this is great. It's a good perspective to to look through because I didn't even really delve into it and thought about it that way. But now that you bring it up, it's really interesting when you when you think about it. Yeah, it, it really is because like it, it reminds me of like the Cold War and and stuff like that. And these yeah. pretty much just government officials in general doing all these crazy cover-ups and things like that. And I'm, I find that fucking fascinating for this movie in particular i did have the i did have the thought of you know america versus the russians and that very much being in a lot of 80s films and um also like the theme of like tackling the the cold war right and all that so i did take take notice of that but i think you put more emphasis on that and i think it's it's a good point to make yeah she writes the information down, sharing it with Beck and the others. They don't believe the information can be right as um, and are all confused by it. As you should. It's right there. It's in your face. Beck calls out to Willie that she has one minute left and for uh, them to come back. Willie continues moving, startled by an anglerfish, but continues her search. That anglerfish, man. Fuck the ocean, dog. Just scary, like, it's bro. scary, bro. Like, it's scarier just, than space. It is. Because there's nothing in space right now that we can see. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, I'm seeing stars and beautifulness. Like, (laughs) this is scary down here. Except for vampire octopuses. Those are sick. Vampire squids. Those are tight. Damn, I got to look that up. Oh, yeah, you should definitely look it up. You should look it up right now. Uh, She opens a door. um, Doc calling calling at the infirmary. She continues finding six-pack whooping, screaming that they're rich, or he's rich, actually. (laughs) Got to the group looking through the chest that six-pack has found. Uh, uh, Him complaining about the safety neg... Oh, my God. I practiced this word last night. Negligence. Nailed it. They're going through the the belonging six-pack, taking a flask. Jones finding a tape and joking that it could be porn. Um, And I love it. It was just like, Kitty Kitty does the Soviet or something like that. I was like, oh, are we supposed to know what that is? Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know what that means. And then I'm like, I, once I, they kept going, I was like, oh, porn. Got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Doc asked, did you look it up? Yeah, it looks terrifying. Right? I've seen them before. They're nuts. I mean, photos. There's nuts. There's one of them at uh, the Aquarium of the Bay in Monterey Bay. Oh, maybe I have seen one in person then. Well, when I went, it's like in this super dark container and you can't really see it because okay. like lights and shit heard it yeah, but it's a vampire it exactly but it had um 
these like this night vision or whatever and you could just see it like on the ground just waiting Ugh. yeah <laughs> it was just like what are you waiting for uh doug doug asked um to, le- to look at it in saying that it's the captain's log beck finds personal effects um handle um handle excuse me beck finds personal effects handing it um to doc to read it doc starts going over it and of all the crew members being deceased beck tells cop to wrap it all up and for de jesus to um dump the last box they find a bottle of vodka gawking over it six-pack claiming it but beck restricting him adding another safety negligence uh strike on him Jump to Doc and Beck, watching the Russian um, captain's log, Doc translating. The captain um, says uh, says that his infirmary is filled and that the doctors on board say it is a tropical infection. Or, uh, I don't think, I'm, I think I meant topical infection. Besides the point. He continues that it isn't um, like anything he's seen before, but somebody opens the captain's door and the video cuts off. Yuri. So good. So good. That gave me the heebie-jeebies. And and with retrospective context, fuck, that's scary. Yeah, that's yeah. Like that's legit scary. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Fuck. Especially if so it gets good. to the point where uh, the captain's logging it right? right, and it's already begun. So yeah. Um, it's good stuff. If only it went on for a second longer, right? Yeah. The crew would have been aware of what was going on. That's true. He continues that it isn't like anything he's seen before, but, oh, excuse me. Doc is suspicious about the video and why the captain left his log tape and the two ships with the same name, but different places. Beck laughs that maybe he read it wrong, Doc letting him know that he didn't. Doc looks through Willie's footage, commenting about a hole in the, in the hull. A hole in the hull. Uh, commenting that it is the result of an explosion, t- uh, thinking that it could be from a torpedo hit. Beck is skeptical, but brushes it off, saying that he doesn't know about Russian boats, sharing that he's a geo- uh, he is geological profession. He reminds Doc that they that they sounded the alarm and to allow the marine time people to ponder about it instead. Jones is checking the weather system, hoping for no waves for the last two days. I don't blame you, brother. Meanwhile, Cobb and De Jesus are working out. Um, De Jesus talking about his dream to go to Switzerland after he leaves from there. Bowman comes into the room with Beck's personal records. Bowman is giving off a code as De Jesus puts it into the security box. It's like... Bro, his security, his social security number. I know that's, that's messed fucked up. up. It opens. They take out the vodka, pouring pouring each other a shot. Willie doesn't um, accept the drink. Instead, she is getting ready to work out to get ready for her astronaut training. And I love how it's like the astronaut training. It kind of reminds me, like, what if she was supposed to be on the ship for Alien? Yeah, like what if they? I just actually like, had a that would be so cool. Thought, yeah. that'd be so fucking cool. Um. They all take a drink from the cups, but Beck switched it to water. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, yeah, that's. I love how they like took a swig and it was and it's like fucking water and yeah. they just spit it out. I actually love that moment. <laughs> it's such a good moment. It really helps with uh, understanding the like camaraderie of the crew. I agree. Right? I definitely yeah. agree. It's those small moments that really matter to me. I agree. Yeah, all the. Small cuts a doc watching more of the footage of the ship. Bowman opens opens up six packs bunk, asking for him to share the alcohol from the flask. He pours some into her cup, and I love just how like close we get to it. Um, and I guess what it, it's a parasite, right? Well, like, I mean, like, it's traveling through liquid, so yeah, I, I don't know the specifics, right? But it's definitely something that's contagious, and I I think in uh 
in a world where we've come to know COVID nineteen, we could kind of understand it a lot more, right? And the impact of it. And that's right. Um, you no know, more blowing out birthday candles, exactly, or <laughs> sharing liquids, or like you know, it's those are the things that are no no right now. And yeah. I, I think with the the extreme close up and the emphasis on the shot, it really just shows like this is the the paradigm shift. This is where this is where it starts to spread, right? right? And uh, if only she didn't ask for a swig, it would have been isolated to one person, right? Hopefully, or maybe, right? Maybe. But we just won't know. Yeah. It, it's crazy how quickly things spread. Um, and I Love think, it. yeah, I think now that we've experienced the pandemic, w- at least for me, there was many moments of. Um, where I was watching the film and I was thinking, oh no, if you just kept your distance or kept the door locked or right. stayed outside and looked through the window and so on, like it all could have been prevented, but yeah. they just didn't have that knowledge. Yeah. So it's really intriguing. Yes, it really is. Meanwhile, Willie is having a run around the station going towards the water transfer area. While she is running, she spots Beck fixing the lift and heads into the room. They hear a rumbling commenting about the sound. She comments about him working on the lift and Beck asks um, asks her about her training. She presses the button for him, then going back um, over to him, asking him um, what he's what is he even what is he doing down here? Um, adding that he doesn't belong in a mine. He agrees with her, but he doesn't think that she is she, that he was qualified for the gig because he is a ge- geologist. Fair enough. She's flirting. I mean, it was cute. It was. It was cute. It was cute. It's a sweet moment. Yeah. She brings up his interactions with both De Jesus and Six Pack, asking if he busted Six Pack um, because of her. He tells her maybe. <laughs> she lets him know um, that she appreciates that, adding that she is okay before leaving out. Cuts a Bowman changing um, the whiteboard to one day left, greeting Jones as he walks in with a box of Frosted Flakes. And she's like, so cheery and just like, it's just like, only if you knew what was coming for you. Yeah. Uh, Doc is examining, examining Six Pack. Beck coming into the examination room asking what's going on. Doc claims that Six Pack has a hangover, but Six Pack disagrees, commenting that he would feel much, that this feels much worse. He asks for Six Pack to take off his shirt, his back revealing these spots. And they're like, kind of like ringworms. Like it's, it's really interesting how these spots are set up. But like bruised ringworms. Like it was, it was very interesting. He asked for a six pack to take off his shirt, his back revealing those spots. Doc asks about the spots, but six pack doesn't know what, what he's talking about, trying to touch them. Doc tells him not to touch it, but uh, looking over at Beck, jumped, um, oh, excuse me, while looking over to, uh, at Beck, jumped to Beck chatting with Martin, telling him not to be so hasty, but letting him know um, it is his call for an early evacuation. He doesn't understand. She explains that it won't look good on an excellent record before turning off the screen. If I was him, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. How, like, like you hired me because I'm a geologist. Fuck yeah. this place. I don't how, give a shit about this company. <laughs> messed up, right? Because like how... How corporations have not changed all that much because I feel like they're horrible. Yeah, I feel like it's something that's so believable even today. I agree. Like, you know, it's it's been eighty nine days. Um, like you got a day left tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's your ninetieth day and you're done. But if you stop at eighty nine, well, it might be all for nothing. Yeah, it, like, it's like it's like that that one thing where it's just like like yo, nothing's going on. Hey, boss, do you mind if I leave five minutes early? Exactly. I do mind. Yeah. Yeah, you're not leaving. Yeah. Great. 
I hate it here. <laughs> the, the crew members are chatting about six pack while getting ready for a mother, getting ready for, I said a mother, uh, another mining expedition, comment, commenting about the company not giving a shit. And if they miss their quota, that they are going to ha- get half pay for the entire month. Now that I get, and I understand probably Beck is, that's probably the only reason why he truly cared was because of the crew. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh shit, well, they won't get all their money. I mean, half pay for half of three months pay, that's, that sucks. Yeah. That's horrible. It's a huge impact. Beck interrupts them, letting them know that Six Pack is actually sick and that he isn't coming. Cobbs, DeJesus, and Bowman are suited up, Willie launching the lift while um while her, Beck, and Jones stay behind. Jones makes a sly assumption about Beck doing inventory. Beck telling him that he's going to work. And I like how they kind of pick on Beck. Because yeah. it's just like, because I feel like they respect him to an extent. But at the same time, it's just like, he's not one of them. Rag on the boss. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not one of them. He he came from from a completely different background. And he's the one trying to whip these people into shape or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, shit, he could tell the differences of rocks. So, there you go. Uh, back, with, uh, back with Doc and Six Pack, he is grunting and in, in, in panting while Doc is putting away blood samples. He tells Six Pack to hold still um, while he tries to take a sample of it. Six Pack is asking what it is. Um, Beck chopping off a sample. Oh, excuse me. Um, not Beck. Uh, oh. Doc chopping off a sample and taking it to the microscope. The computer is showing a mutation simulation. Six Pack staring at the screen in absolute shock. That was the only thing I wasn't a, a fan of, I guess, d- during these processes. I couldn't really understand some of these computer generation graphics they had on these no, computers. I was yeah. like, what? The, am I supposed to understand what I, this is? <laughs> I have to agree with you, but I think the <laughs> emphasis on expression on Doc's face kind of says it yeah. all, right? And Six Pack, too, because even yeah. Six Pack was just like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess Six Pack understands what's on screen. There, right. But, yeah. Um, I think that helps communicate it. That's true. Like, I, and like it, it made me feel like, oh, that's bad. Like, <laughs> whatever that red. is. That's bad. Red. Lots, red. Of red. Lots of red. That's bad. That's not good. <laughs> um, he scratches his arm where uh, where the worm-like creature sticking out of his arm. Uh, meanwhile, the others are all mining together. Doc is back inside trying to get an answer about the unknown organism on the computer. The computer guessing guessing that it could be a genetic alteration. Doc surprised by the result. And we're going to talk about that result in just a moment after a message from our sponsors. And we're back. We transition to Doc leaving out of the medical room where a screen has flatlined for six pack. And I was I was so surprised. I was like, oh shit. He died? Question. Answer did, maybe? <laughs> well, I want to know your personal answer. Oh, okay. Did Doc kill Six Pack? Ooh. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think Doc knew what was good. I think Doc would have. If he knew what the fuck was going on, like truly, yeah. because he totally was, he, I mean, he was ready to kill everybody. It's an interesting transition where you kind of see the flat line and it uh, dissolves into Doc's face. Yeah. I think that's a, it's an interesting cut. And also, I think prior to that, they're emphasizing his past and, you know, what? unethical choices. Sure. I'm not saying that he I did it. I think he did it, but I just okay. don't know. I think it's a possibility because I could think he can be aware of this is a uh, genetic mutation. It can spread because that's most likely how six pack got it. 
I've seen this before, right? You know, maybe. And he's thinking, I need to stop this in his tracks now because it seems like he's a doctor in the past where he's maybe played God and made unethical decisions because he thinks it's for the greater good, right? Interesting, interesting take, right? Yeah, that's that's really fascinating because I, I, I wonder maybe he did do it on accident, like when he poked it. It like extracted it to, to see it. He's just like, oh, that, that killed him. But <laughs> at the same time, like, I think that's how these things also kind of operate in a way. But I don't know. Because, I mean, Bowman, we see later. Well, we'll talk about it. We see a couple people later on that beg for death. Right. Because they are very much alive. Yeah. Right? So if you think about it, Six Pack has not fully transitioned yet to right. creatures that we see later on. At that point, how has he died so early on? When others have stayed a part of the creature, or you know, because we see, you know, getting a little ahead of ourselves, we see Six Pack come back to life. It is um, so awesome <laughs> as the, as the creature, right? Yeah. Um, but at that point, it doesn't really feel like it's Six Pack at all. Whereas right. later on, we see people where you multiple characters very much are trapped, mm-hmm. flesh wise, and so cognizant. So it's interesting. Too. That is interesting. That is very interesting, actually. The crew comes back from mining, Beck heading straight over to Doc. Beck ponders about how Six Pack could have died from a skin rash in just eight hours. Doc tells him that uh, to put a mask on to examine Six Pack. He goes into the room. Six Pack's uh, back bruised with the, with those rashes. Beck goes back to, to Doc, asking if it's contagious since he was wearing a mask. Doc tells him that he doesn't know, and neither does anybody else in, um, he's been in contact with. He shares that he shares that the best guess is that six pack was going through a genetic alteration that could have been um, from anything reminding Beck that six pack and Willie went inside the ship and that he would like to examine the rest of the crew, not wanting to create a panic. He doesn't find it wise to let them know about six pack, uh, know that six pack is dead until they have some answers cut the doc giving an exam to cop cop asks um questions on what type of skin condition are they looking for doc telling him that um it is difficult to describe but he's good jones comes out of the shower claiming that this is unnecessary um cracking a racial joke and his joke was just like the only thing different about my skin is that it's told me to white people in it. <laughs> doc continues his examination of all the other crew members willie asking if it, it uh, if it has something to do with them going to the ship. Um, he assures that he doesn't see any symptoms and that she is okay. De Jesus is next up asking questions about what the spots look like. Doc shares that, it's, that it blackens and scales the skin, De Jesus comparing it to a fish. But he's like joking about it. Yeah. Um, Doc's like, Doc's just like, whoa, he's shit. Like, Yo, you know what? And De Jesus is like, what? What? <laughs> He's like, Doc, I'm just joking. <laughs> Doc looks up at, um, at the assumption, hesitantly agreeing. He gets he uh, gets a page, um, and Bowman is waiting outside, not looking too good. He lets her he lets her know that he will be right back, and she sickishly comes inside the examination room. Meanwhile, Doc is speaking with Martin about the genetic alteration with Beck. Martin doesn't want want them to abort, calmly convincing them that they don't know if it's if the disease is contagious. Um, Doc is getting frustrated as Martin continues her, uh, to insult his practice. Beck steps in, ordering an emergency uh, medical evacuation. She shares that it is his call, but they can't. Um, but they can't pick them up so quickly because of a hurricane hitting Cuba, and it's fucked up because they can't even check this shit. Yeah, and you see, I mean, you start to assume 
the manipulation here is happening from her, right? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, it's your call. And earlier we had the, you know, 89 days might not look too good. Right. You have one day to go. And there's a lot. There's a lot of fishiness going on. Bro. She claims that they will have a 12-hour delay on picking them up from the um, scheduled time. Beck making sure that she promises before she cuts the TV off. Back with Bowman gagging and crying over the sink. Willie and Jones comes in, immediately helping her to the bed, calling for Doc to assist her. Jones goes exploring for Doc, going into the room where Sixpack's body is left. He starts speaking to, to him, but his body begins to move. And Jones excuses himself out of the room. His body continues jerking as he leaves out of the room. Jones tells Willie that he's going to check the control room. Willie tells Bowman that she is that she will be right back. Bowman pleading pleading for her not to leave because she feels so sick. Meanwhile, Sixpack's body continues moving. Bowman is splashing water on her face, sobbing when she realizes that her hair is now starting to fall out. Oh, man. Uh, moral of the story. Just don't drink shit that's not in an enclosed bottle. Don't interact with other humans. That too. Ever. Just, just, you know what? Be alone. Have you watched Bubble Boy? I, <laughs> <laughs> I have watched Bubble Boy. Do that. Do exactly that, everyone. Bowman comes into Six Pack's room crying that her hair is falling out. Six Pack, uh, Six Pack's body lays on the bed. Then this tentacle-like thing exposed from underneath the bed sheet. Looks great. While speaking to him, she realizes that something is oozing out of his arm from an open wound. Cut to Beck, Jones, and Doc going in the infirmary calling for Bowman. Doc hears the shower running, him going to check out the showers calling for Bowman. He opens the shower door. Bowman is on the ground, dead from slitting her wrist. They lay her down on the bed, covering up her body, Beck nodding for everyone to leave out of the infirmary. Meanwhile, shadows of the tentacles from Sixpack's room can be seen on the wall. Doc is telling the crew that he knows about the skin the skin disease, letting them know that they that from what he can see, none of them have it. Beck shares the news that they are there that they are on hold for a pickup that they are delayed for twelve whole hours. I would have been so mad. But what can you do? It's, like you're completely isolated down there. I'm wondering you know, I was curious on why Jones didn't speak up because I when he was checking for waves, I thought that would indicate if like bad weather's coming, I, right? I just think it's wave patterns though, right? I mean, you know what? This is not my field of expertise. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I wonder why put that snippet in if if it didn't correlate to this. But I could be completely wrong. I mean, I I just think it's I just think it's just that. I think it's like um, patterns of the actual ocean versus the actual like uh, sky the itself, the, the right? Forms. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I think it's interesting. Um, but I mean, I got some theories later. Of why films in 1989 don't work for certain things like this, but we'll, we'll get there. Doc and Beck head there to check it out. They notice that Bowman's body is no longer on the table. Checking Sixpack's room, Bowman's body is now merging with Sixpack. 
this is fucking incredible. Looks gnarly. This looks so great. Like her face is like in his stomach moving up towards his. And mm-hmm. the only thing that would have made that just a tad bit better if I would have just got a nice little just uh, some type of scream that was just like or something. Like, I just feel like that would have been yeah. great. But they were both actually dead, which is why we didn't get anything. But still, would have been fun. Um, Doc and Beck head head there to check it out. They notice, oh, excuse me. Um, the, they zip up the body, they zip the bodies up and the whole crew work together to carry, to carry the dispose. Excuse me. I'm completely butchering this. They zip the bodies up and the whole crew work together to carry the, to dispose the bodies. De Jesus stops, uh, stops claiming that he feels something moving. Cop agreeing that he feels the movement. They yell that they are still alive. Beck rebuttals that they are dead and they need to flush it. They try to open the bag and an arm with a claw rips out of it, clawing at Cobb's chest. I immediately would have put two and two together. Like something definitely entered this guy's body. Yep. Like Cobb, get the fuck away from me! You're now quarantined in a certain section of this sh- this space station. This I don't know, fucking sea station. Yeah, and to us, it's so they are. easy to think of now. Uh, yeah, but you, you even see back when he's handed the mask from Doc, right? And he's like, "Oh, I'm not sick. I don't need a mask." Like, right? You know? Yeah, so, it, exactly. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, that's true. Doc hits the button to the lift while um while Beck pulls the body the bodies onto the lift. Beck uh, makes it back with with everyone else, them watching as the creature gets flushed. A tentacle reaches up up towards them, but it is severed by the closing of the lift. Why didn't anyone see this? Like yeah. that was one thing I didn't I, I didn't understand. I was like, that was so loud. And they were all looking They're, down as yeah, well. Yeah. Like you should have saw that. They just like plop, like, oh shit. <laughs> Something. Uh the body begins to float in the water, the tentacles squirming uh, underneath the crew. Cut to Willie sobbing and frantically taking her cl- um her clothes off while trying to shower. Meanwhile, Doc and Beck are looking back at the footage, slowly going through, zooming on a skull. The leg tentacle thing is now just in the hallway, pulsing. And I love this. This is this just looks great. I just can't get enough of these effects. Like it looks disgusting. Yeah, uh, and it it's great. And I, you say it looks disgusting, right? And this is when I had that moment. I was like, wow, this looks like a truly aquatic entity, right? Right. Uh, it there's something about it. It's like very pale and fleshy, and almost gooey looking. Like, right. And it, uh, and it was a it was a leg. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. Like, it's, it looks so good because the way it squirmed and moved and we see later that it hatches something. <laughs> yeah. At that moment, that's where I was thinking about Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, man, it looks so great. Beck and Doc are looking at a diagram on the uh, of the video discussing the alteration, the alteration of genetics. Doc continues about the possibility of homo aquatics and how people shouldn't fuck with Mother Nature. Fair enough. The leg tentacle thing begins hatching a worm-like creature with sharp teeth. Beck is about to share this this with the company, but Doc tells him that the company probably already knows. The politics, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and that this company only cares about money. Beck still has hope, though, and leaves to try anyway. When he is gone, there's a gooey saliva substance that is leaking into where Doc is left. Jones and Beck are going through six-packs things, Beck finding the flask. Jones is, conspir- is conspiring a theory about the uh, Russians being performed 
uh, performed on as experiments. Jones calls Sixpack a fool for drinking from an unknown substance. Willie chimes in, commenting about them all drinking the vodka. She leaves to go to go for a run around the facility, leaving the men. De Jesus is fantasizing about his about him going to the Alps. Jones yells. <laughs> Poor De Jesus. He really couldn't catch a break, though. Jones yells at him uh, to think about what's uh, what's happening now while destroying his puzzle. Uh, oh man, that kind of reminds me of, like Futurama, like my man witch. <laughs> De Jesus yells that there isn't anything that they can do about it, um, and he mentions that he's hungry. <laughs> I actually really like this moment. I do too. Um, this is great because he he emphasizes that you know, just like Willie said, um, we all. Cope, on, cope with this in our own way um, and you see the dynamics of how people can react differently some people uh, will immediate re- immediately repress it and people like Jones is like let's talk about this what's going on right, right? and it's um, it really shows where tension and conflict could arise with uh, a crew that has to spend 90 days straight together in a small confined space and um really kind of reaching out for support and not knowing how to support each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the impact that it has here. Me too. I I very much like it. Back with Willie cautiously running through shafts, the worm creature underneath her in a paddle in a puddle of water. Beck is speaking. um, Beck is speaking briefly with Martin lying about them, not um, lying about them only having one crew member um, that has died. Uh, why do you think that is? Do you think he's at this point believing that theory of Doc? And he's just like, she's not going to help us. There's no point in even talking to you right now kind of thing. Or like, what? why do you think he lied and said that only one crew member was affected? I think he began believing Doc. Okay. And, you know, probably. I think so too. Yeah. I think from the repeated conversations that he had with her, he was like, I just need to get us off here. And if I tell them. Right. We have another death. Something's up. Like it's going to be very clear. And he probably is already fishy about the whole twelve-hour delay because of the storm and so on. So he's right. like, "Let's see. Let's see if they do get here. Because worst-case scenario, they get here. It doesn't change a thing. It's still going to be like two people have died." Right. Exactly. Cut to day. Zeus in the kitchen, being startled by Jones coming in, basically apologizing for the puzzle. He tells him that he'll be right there, and Jones leaves out of out to wait. <clears throat> Excuse me out to wait for him while uh, he continues searching through the cabinets for butter for his popcorn the slug creature attacks him this is fucking awesome this broke my heart it did break mine too but damn is this brutal you know what this is so brutal yeah you know what upsets me about this scene it what? happens so fast for De Jesus it does and later on for De Jesus it, it's a lot slower and this moment it's like it goes for the kill and it's violent and it it's painful and and like dang why I gotta do my brother like that bro it's these tropes man they're here (laughs) he frantically tries pulling the creature um, out from his insides um, crashing through the door where Jones is um, and the door is glass (laughs) Jones is startled um, by the creature moving deeper and deeper inside of De Jesus and this looks absolutely fucking painful yeah it does dude (laughs) Jones tells him that he will uh, get help sealing the door on his way out (laughs) I can't I know. blame He's like, him. No, bro. Right here. 
wait here. I'll be back. I cannot blame him for like closing that door on him too. Like it was just like, yeah, you're not getting out. Dude, yeah, straight up in this <laughs> not moment, on my watch. Dude. In this I'm moment, sorry. I got to be honest, and I rarely do this. I was covering the screen with my hands. Really? I was like, oh, it's too too much. I yeah, felt I for Jesus, man. Yeah. I, I like. I didn't want to see him go down like that. Yeah, he went out. He went out real bad. Jones runs out, leaving De Jesus with his screams. Jones shouts to Cobb that um, it has De Jesus and to not let him um, to not let him out, and that he is going to get the dock. Uh, while or Willie continues her cardio, the creature inside um, one of the tubes. Jones tells tells the dock and Beck. Excuse me. Jones tells the Doc and Beck that it has De Jesus and they spring into action. Meanwhile, Willie makes it to the shack, drying off a bit before continuing her workout. They make it to the door. It bust. It bursted open. Beck heading inside the dining room. They all start to argue about De Jesus. Beck calming calming them down and convincing them uh, to go look for them. I don't blame Cobb. Cobb's just like I'm not watching this fucking door without a weapon. Yeah. Like what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like no, nah, that thing scratched me. Like, yeah. not even scratch me. That thing clawed me. Slash. Like, hash-slinging slasher. <laughs> like, this thing does not belong here. Fuck that. You watch it. I'll go get it. <laughs> he asks he asked about the whereabouts of Willie, and the power goes out. He tells Jones to come out with him and for Cobb and Doc to check his office and the dorm. Beck and Jones are softly calling out to Willie in the shack as they cont- as they cautiously move around searching for her. Jones finds her scarf in the water and they are surprised by Willie dropping down above. Bro, she would have been asleep. Yeah. Like, 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 like dropping down like that, she would have been knocked the fuck out. Like, the <laughs> like I'm sorry. My reflexes would have just been like, ah, not today. Sorry for screaming. Uh, she apologizes, saying that she is trying to um, fix the lights. They uh, let her know that it got De Jesus. 80s montage time of them going through all their weapons, making sure they work. The 80s. <laughs> This scene, <laughs> this scene got me so good. I was just like, where's the 80 montage? We haven't got it yet. And right, I was like, here right. it is. Here it is. I told myself I wouldn't say it's the 80s oh, it's on this episode, 80s. but I did it. Yeah, dude, Damn. it just, it, it just, this movie is so 80s. Yeah. yeah, I love it though. I do too. I love it. Like the '80s Straight montage. Around. The only thing that was missing was the music. It was no music. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the only thing missing. Doc and Cobb are shouting for De Jesus and Willie while it, while in the Doc's office. Cobb stops. Cobb stops him to look at the creature getting getting in the blood the blood supply. Cobb leaves out of the room without telling Doc, um, sitting his weapon down to check some wiring. The creature wraps its tentacle around Cobb, dragging him as he screams. Doc comes in, grabbing the saw, and starts sawing the tentacle, a silhouette of the creature screeching as it moves away. Cut to the whole crew back together, Doc slapping the empty blood sacks on the table, letting them know that it's growing. They start discussing the fact that this thing needs blood. Jones tells them, that, um, tells them to shed some light on um, on their secrecy. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Um, Doc goes on about the genetics characteristics of the creature um, being part of marine life, adding adding that it has some other qualities since it remembered their uh, where the plasma was stored. I love that context. I love that it remembers where something is based off of its host. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. That is that just that. God, I love that because it's like it's it's they're working together, but the host doesn't want to. Yeah, 
It's so good. I, I, I like that so it gives good. context and purpose on why this creature <clears throat> wants to keep going for more people. Right. Beck uh, comments it. Beck comments it. Why did I write it like that? Oh my God. Uh, Beck comments that it absorbs the intelligence of its victims. I think that's what I was trying to say. Sounds about right. Um, Doc looks back at Beck going back uh, to his theory about uh, Russians delib- uh, de- deliberately sinking the ship to protect themselves. Cobb suggests that they, that they risk trying to escape, Jones reminding him about the hurricane and Willie adding that they uh, would never be found. Beck suggests that they lure, down, uh, lure, lure it down in the swamp and flush it, flush it down just like how they did the other. It starts getting... Um, he starts getting his blood drawn by Doc, going over the plan, going over the plan once more, telling them to use the escape bubbles to get out of there. Um, if they aren't back in thirty minutes, they agree. Beck and Jones heads out, and the other three going the opposite direction. The creature is getting larger and larger. Beck placing a trail of blood to follow them uh, towards the swamp. It's kind of like Home Alone. <laughs> uh, he uh, Home Alone before Home Alone, I guess. He uh, cuts a dock and the others dock going over his sob story of him making uh, making a difference before all of this. He assures him that he still does. Cobb is complaining about his wounds itching. He tells Cobb that he will uh, he will change his bandages, but he has to head into the infirmary. They tell him not to go out go out there, but he goes anyway. He walks down the hall a bit. He and climbs up the main office area, looking at the blueprint of the station. He sits down at the computer and begins typing a message to to Maritime Central about the discovery of the genetic alteration and the creature. But stops. He activates the escape bubbles, launching them, mimicking what the Russians did to their ship. Is he a villain or a hero? <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Beck and Jones continue setting up the trap for the creature. It's interesting because you weren't on our episode with Sea Fever. No, I was not. So in Sea Fever, it's something very similar to this concept mm-hmm. where there is a med student mm-hmm. on the ship with them. And with this med student, they have this same back and forth of the med student saying, we sh- cannot go back to the island because if we do we can possibly infect the rest of the island. Yeah. And that's pretty much what Doc is doing here. Like, he's just like, it's not necessarily for him. It's for the greater rest of the world. So it's just like, you know, it's really interesting kind of seeing all of this play out. But I mean, with Sea Fever, I feel like it hearkens it a lot better, in my opinion. But It's tough, right? Because you think about the, the impact of making the choice to sacrifice others for the greater good. But then, you know, you can't take away that choice from others. It should be their choice. And you guys should agree on that as a whole. But not only that, but, um, you know, by nature, human beings are selfish and they, right. Yeah. They're going to say no. Like I want to get off this ship. We think we're invincible or we think we're survivors. And, um, imagine a global pandemic scale of this, but, um, Everyone turned into sea creatures? Exactly, you know? That sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we know it doesn't need to be in water to survive, so... That's true. That's true. Imagine that. Like, it's it's what? The life of, like, five or so for... To save the world? It's... Yeah. I see where Doc is coming from, but... It's tough because he makes the choice. That's true. 
They hear it hissing above them and it moving closer. They hurry, getting into position for the creature's arrival. Doc is washing his hands back with Cobb and Willie, Doc requesting um, him to take off his shirt. Uh... Cobb starts shivering, commenting that he's cold, asking um, for Willie's assistance. His insides begin to pulse. Willie's screaming for Doc. Cobb pleads for help as his hand grows a mouth, trying to grab onto Doc's face. This is fantastic. It looks good. This looks great. Yeah. This looks so good. It's aged well. It, it, it has. And yeah. this reminds me of, a, of an anime called Parasite. Yeah. And You're it, a big fan, right? I love Parasite. Yeah, I remember yeah, you yeah. speaking to me, to me about that a few years ago. Yeah, it, and it, it is pretty much this, where the Parasite gets in, gets in his hand, mm-hmm. and it it turns his hand to pretty much a face, and it speaks, and it's yeah. it's great. <laughs> it's great. I fucking love Parasite. But yeah, this very much reminds me of that moment, and I was like, oh, this looks beautiful i just i loved every moment of that willie runs out of the room screaming for beck the creature right in front of her she runs the other direction beck and jones running after her making it to um making it to another area jones and beck grab her asking her for uh, where's doc and Cobb. she tells them that it got doc and that it that it was inside of Cobb. they they come up with a plan Doc is alone, groaning and, sh- and shedding a tear as the creature moves inside of him. The three head into the main office, realizing that the escape bubbles are gone. They see a note on the computer from Doc that reads, quote, I am fully aware of the f- finality of my decision. It is my hope that our sacrifice will mean that the human race will never know this awful mutation. End quote. They are interrupted by the banging on the door, back, sig- back signals of on... Oh, excuse me, Beck signals an SOS anyway, and immediately pinging Martin, her thanking God for them being alive. J- bitch. Jones demands for uh, for her to get them out of here now. She tries to calm, calm them down, Beck reminding her that she said 12 hours. Martin tells them that they now have to wait another 48 hours because of the hurricane. Not happy, they're arguing with her as she continues to speak softly towards them and their situation. When she hangs up, Beck recommends for them to get uh, some rest while she- he takes first watch. Cut to Beck um, watching watching the moving sea outside the window while the others try to relax. Beck starts checking to see if he can check the weather, but the computer isn't coming back with any data. Willie asks if they know, um, if they know, I would have checked that ahead of time. Like, as soon as she would have said that, I'd be like, oh shit, I want to see how bad it is. Exactly. You should have done that right after that conversation seriously yep. willie asks if they if they know beck agreeing she tr- she takes over the computer to check her investment with the company and this is where it goes back to what i was talking about of how beautiful that setup was exactly. for bowman um saying that she lost money because they lost a tank yep and the computer says this quote the stock of tri oceanic corp took a bath on Uh, took a bath on world markets today when the news of a tragic mining accident was revealed to investors. The board of directors was immediately called into a special meeting in New York this afternoon. In a new conference following the meeting, a spokesperson for Tri-Oceanic Corp. revealed that the accident destroyed Shack 7 Atlantic Zone 10 off the coast of Florida. Eight miners are reported dead. All bodies are missing. End quote. It names off all of them aboard the ship. 
or the shack, excuse me. They are interrupted by air, by air supply being knocked out by the creature. Jones suspects that it's, this is Cobb's doing. Beck and Jones, um, know where the creature now is. They grab their weapons and get ready to head out. Willie tries to stop them, saying that, uh, that's what the creature wants, but Beck, Beck and Jones remind, remind her, uh, that the room, that the room is going to implode in 10 minutes. They move quickly, the shack losing more air than they expected. Beck and Jones head below to try to fix the air ducts, leaving Willie above to watch what the, uh, watch them with that kick-ass flamethrower. That shit is dope. Yeah, it is. That shit is dope. The creature uh, with, Do- with uh, Doc's face is moving to- moving um, through the corridors closer, to- closer towards them. They notice that the duct is completely wrecked. Beck impatiently telling him to think. Jones remembers that there is a backup that there is a backup in the swamp, but he loses his train of thought when he sees Doc. Beck tells him that they need to get get out of there, and a tentacle shoots out towards him. He immediately fires off the flamethrower at it. The head of the la- uh, they head up the ladder. The door shutting right in front. Uh, right in front of them, locking them in. Willie is about to run towards the, the other door, another tentacle striking at them. Beck electrocutes it, and they make it through the door. They continue running. Jones trying to hold the door while Beck tries to rescue Willie from uh, falling underneath the crumbling catwalk. This is so intense. It is. This and is I, super intense. There, there are moments that I appreciate very much, like Beck using um, the wiring of the electricity to... Have the water conduct it to yeah. shock the creature. I think those moments are definitely fun. And it's like, oh, yeah, good move. Like, right. good thinking on your feet, right? Absolutely. The creature is moving closer towards them, Beck falling from crumbling piping above. He is uh, he is grabbed by the creature, Jones yelling for him to grab the handsaw that is um, next to him on the table. Beck brings it over, grabbing the saw... Um, Grabbing the saw, saw in the creatures, uh, so he could, so he can make it through the door. Um, and I love that. I love the context of the countdown, so we we know how much time they actually have left. Exactly. They make it to the swamp. The door is jammed, and the air valves are too hot for Jones to get to them. Beck tells them to tells him tells them to forget about it and to get inside the suit, uh, their suits. He grabs the multiple oxygen tanks so they can float up to the top. They frantically work to get into their suits except for Beck. The creature bursts into the room, Beck pushing the button for the lift. He begins pouring gasoline into the water, then grabbing an axe, steadying himself for the creature. He notices De Jesus infused with the creature, calling for Beck to kill him. And this is that moment I was speaking of earlier, right? Yeah. So here, we see De Jesus has very much been enveloped into the monster and is very much cognizant and still alive. Right. And that made me raise the question, did Doc kill Sixpack? Right? That's that that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, because we see you know, we even prior to this we get a glimpse of Doc himself being absorbed and still being cognizant and alive. So right. it's interesting that the first one that was affected died to such earlier symptoms. Mhm. And the one, the second person that was uh, infected, unfortunately, took their own life. Right. Right. Um, but when they are, when Bowman and uh, Six Pack are merging together, um, their their true selves are not fully cognitive, but their bodies are still molding. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a very dynamic difference. Right. Between those that have died and those that were taken but yeah. i mean you think about the amount of damage that was done to de, uh, de jesus and he's still alive 
Seriously. Right? Yeah. It's just, oh, that's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Beck heads up the stairs while the other two are walking out into the ocean. The lift comes back up, Beck trying to get the lift going, but it but it isn't bulge, budging. He sparks the gas and and is able to get the lift to start, but it gets stuck yet again. He continues trying for the lift as the creature tries to get uh, get to him, but he but it gets smashed by the lift closing. That looks great. The shack begins to implode in the most violent ways possible until it explodes in the most corniest way possible. <laughs> Meanwhile, Willie and Jones are floating to the top of the sea, releasing themselves out of the out of their suits once they are close enough um, to the surface. They they all swim up to the top as quick as they can. Willie giving Beck a smooch for making it. <laughs> you made it. I know. I well, when that happened, I was like, oh, why? Because <laughs> the eighties. Exactly. A helicopter is flying overhead, looking for survivors as they wade in the water. Beck fires off a flare into the air as the helicopter is not able to see anything in the sea. The uh, they see the helicopter coming towards them. Beck firing off another flare to catch their attention. As the helicopter is closing in, they are surrounded by sharks. Yeah, at this moment, I was like, what? But <laughs> they are able to fend them off. I've This is where I was just like, this movie no longer fucks. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it went this went, down This fast. went it sour quickly. It, it did. It did. And, you know, like, I just, I was, I was not happy with this. <laughs> you know, after the shark moment happened, I realized why. It signified that here are these predators, right? And they are... They see some prey and yeah, blood prey. maybe trickling in there. Sure, and I think what why they were there was to emphasize how quickly they they fled, and because maybe. of what's about to happen next. Right, that's true. Uh, the helicopter drops down, uh, drops down into the water, and it's funny because like I say, they fend them off, but the real reason why they left was because of this fucking creature was coming. Exactly, They're like, fuck yeah. that. I'm out. Like, yep. <laughs> the helicopter drops down into the water um, and the creature then springs out of the water. Wow. And then and it's interesting because obviously it's the creature from earlier that was Six Pack and yeah. um, Bowman. So... <sighs> It attacks Jones while Willie is be- <sighs> is being assisted onto the helicopter from Beck. Once she is on, Beck then goes back for Jones as Jones yells the idiotic term, Save yourself, Beck! Yeah. Not this bad. was horrible. Yeah. This was horrible. So 100% did not need to be in this prior, fucking movie. For, yeah, I totally agree with you. Prior to this moment, um, when they were attempting to escape and get to their suits and so on, I was thinking this would be amazing if they actually go there and kill off the lead and have Beck die trying to save Jones and Willie. That would be great. Fantastic. Yeah, that would have been awesome. The two of them made it. Um, Or I think it would have so much more impact if, you know, they get to the surface um, and it's the three of them and, again, take the lead out Mm -hmm. uh, because I think this moment is there to show the defeat of the creature, which is very much desired um during this era people want to see the monster you know fought and beaten down and the human is the survivor and not me right exactly (laughs) i think it (laughs) would have had so much more impact if instead jones and willie get on the helicopter beck being the the leader of the crew right defends his crewmates to the very end and the sea creature actually takes Beck underwater 
and you don't know what happens from there, right? I think that would have so much more impact on the 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 unknown of the sea because right. you you know this creature now is in the ocean. Can it lay eggs? Can it start its own species? Exactly. And all that. I think that would have been so much more intriguing. It, it would have been. That just, this story went sour after, like, God, like maybe in the last 20 minutes, I was just like, oh no. Oh no. I think for me, it went sour once they got to the surface and they killed off Jones. I actually was really into it for the last 20 minutes. Really? It was a little cheesy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that, um, that explosion though. <laughs> exactly. But again, I guess I really thought this movie was going to be different and I thought they were going to kill off the I, lead. I wish it would have been because that, yeah. that sounds awesome. That yeah. would have been great if they if it would have done that. Beck pulls out dynamite and slightly jumping out of the water like a fucking basketball player yeah, with this white so man can't weird. jump weird ass. How do you jump out of water? In the ocean. In the ocean, yeah. bro. <laughs> you just gotta like try to glide up to the top yeah. like a dolphin. And what do you say? Take this, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He says, say ah, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. The fucking one-liners horrible. Uh. Um I I put here, I was like, with the courteous one-liner, say ah, motherfucker. <laughs> Throwing the bomb into the creature's mouth and it exploding as the helicopter pulls him out of the water. And I think the say ah motherfucker was definitely like a homage to Samuel Jackson because Samuel Jackson was probably like he was the main guy who says motherfucker in all his movies. Yeah. And like this is something totally Samuel Jackson would say. Um, the helicopter flies back into their Navy ship, letting out Willie and Beck onto the warship. They head downstairs, walking on the catwalk towards Martin. She greets Beck with a smile, <laughs> asking how he, <laughs> how he feels. He just punches her in the face. End credits. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. What the fuck, dude? It was that was so weird. And you know what's sad about that? I saw it coming. I was, I, mean, like, I was like, he's gonna punch her in the face. And I mean, yeah, I, I knew that too. Because I, I even thought I was like, oh, I was like, man, he probably he's probably gonna hit her. And I was like, oh nah, they'll probably have like Willie hit her or something, right? And no, Beck just straight up decks her. How macho eighties that he had his arm around his new girl and without even letting go, just threw a punch and. <laughs> hit a woman the only thing that would have been better would have just been like the music hey 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 (laughs) but even when jones died they had like super heroic music playing yeah and that just was so like not tasteful yeah i just was like oh that's that's kind of shitty yeah but interesting movie i i love it until that yeah like to be completely honest like this movie fucking rules until this part i i loved seeing a person of color not killed off first and actually making it to the end at least i thought they were gonna make it all the way home right but they dropped the ball so quickly within the last couple minutes and it was so disappointing they're just like yeah we don't need him and he fucking dies in the worst way he drowns yeah i was like bro like i would have preferred him to be in de jesus's spot at that point like because like de jesus like he went out painfully but at least his was cool yeah, for, yeah, if you enjoy the seeing the kill, it's a definitely interesting kill to watch. Yeah, instead of him drowning, saying "Beck, save yourself," being his last words. Ugh, that yeah. was lame. That was anyway. I got some goddamn movie effects for us. <laughs> <Movie> <laughs> Before I get mad. <laughs> 
thing I found interesting, and this is just a total 80s slash 70s thing. They just love the future. This film was actually set in the year 2027. You know, that's very interesting because when I was watching this film, I had thought this doesn't seem like it's trying to take place during the 80s. No. It seems like it's more so trying to be modern timeless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, We're only, what, six years away from that? That's great. Oh, did you say 2027? I think you said 2077. No, 2027. We are six years away from from living in Leviathan terms. Man, they probably (laughs) thought like, that's the future. Like, we'll never reach that. (laughs) I mean, just like in Back to the Future, what was, what, 2019? 2015, I thought, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny. In designing the creature of the film, Stan Winston and George P. Cosmatos went through a mini library of marine life pictures and medical reference books. They were inspired by the physiology of the natural world and came up with the idea of combining human body parts and elements of deep sea marine life into an unnatural creature never seen on film before. And it fucking rolled. Yeah, I got to credit where credit's due. It, they that did a awesome. really great job with the creature design and really making it feel like it's a deep sea monster. Yeah, absolutely. Not only does this film have a similar theme, deep ocean scientific studies to Deep Star 6, which is another awesome um, film that I did see, uh, which was released the same year, but the plots are almost identical. The science team comes across an unknown organism in extreme depth. It hunts them one by one and finally follows follows the few survivors up the surface. I'm actually now curious what uh, Deep Star 6 got? Yeah, I, I <laughs> add to that, I wonder if its low rating is correlated Ooh. to the story being done before. No. This no. is an even lower rating, and this actually came out first. What's it at? 9%. Wow. I actually like Deep Star 6 because it's entirely corny. <laughs> <laughs> Going into it, though, like as long as you know that, you can enjoy it, right? Right. And Deep Star 6 actually does have a pretty cool monster as well, but it kind of looks like the monster from like Tremors. What year did it come out? 89. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it was literally like three months before this movie. Fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) Three months before. Um, But it's super fascinating. Um, I'll do two more here. We got got some time. We got some time. Two more? (laughs) Two more movie facts. Uh, Deep Star 6 was the first release of several underwater monster-themed feature films released during 1989 and 1990, including The Abyss, Leviathan, The Evil Below, The Lords of the Deep, and The Rift, a.k.a. Endless Descent, in 1990. With the exception of The Abyss, none of these films were box office hits. I was about to say, yeah, The Abyss was awesome. You know, it's interesting when you listed all those movies because in my mind's eye, I felt like I saw the section in Blockbuster or Hollywood video of the the aquatic horror section. All those movies, all the VHSs being on the shelf facing you. (laughs) That, that, yeah, that probably did happen. Uh, Let's get, let's get a slightly juicy one. Yeah, here we go. This is nice. The Creature Effects uh, team encountered some language differences during the making of the of Aliens in England, but the challenges were much bigger in Italy. Quote, I always keep a log of everything we or- we order on shows just in case ac- accounting comes back later ask- and asking us about it, noted lead uh, Creature Effects mechanic and on-set technician Richard Landon. In my log from that show, um, you can tell that there are there were some real language issues because a lot of times instead of words I drew pictures of nuts and bolts or that kind of or 
of that kind of thing, I would I would quite often have to draw a picture just to make it clear what I was talking about. There were cultural differences too, such as Italians' crew tendency to drink large amounts of red wine at lunch. They'd say, "Here, have some wine." Remem- uh, remembered Mahan, and we'd say, "Uh, thanks, but we're not allowed to drink while we're working." Of course, every every once in a while, we'd sneak a little, but nothing like uh, the way those guys were drinking it down. Interesting. That's a juicy one. That was juicy. That that sounded more scandalous yeah. than anything. Interesting. Anyway, let us know over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod what you think about Leviathan. Because I actually do think this movie is fun. This movie is is an absolute blast. I thought it was a really really a fun. good one to watch with friends. Grab a pizza. Yeah. You know, when when we can socialize again. And, exactly. You know, get some popcorn. Just get ready to just have a. A, a fun time. Yeah, because it is a fun movie. Yeah, It is a lot of fun. I definitely think this movie is a lot of fun. But yeah, definitely we want to keep that conversation alive and also want to just remind again, donate, donate, donate. We're trying to save our planet. Save it. Please. This was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we had David. Stay spooky, everyone. Also known as Nightly. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a what? Uh, by pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.